In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever, and unto the ages of all ages, Amen. Somehow, I don't know why it is, we're kind of wired to always think that the guy next door is having a better time than I am. You know, I think like we're, we're sort of like inbuilt with a certain like inherent genetic amount of FOMO. And then like, you know, some of us have more of it than others. And then some of us do things that make our FOMO worse. But it's like it's like it's built into us to look next door and see the grass greener on the other side. And I'm, I'm, I'm not here today to tell you how to resolve your FOMO. I'm here to tell you today to capitalize on it. Um, and to make the most of it. When you read the psalm that was read to us today, the text on my notes is too small. I'll just, uh, I'll read it from here, right? The psalm says, The Lord is my strength and song, and He has become my salvation. The voice of exaltation and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. So, think about this. The voice of exaltation and salvation is in the tents of of the righteous. What does that mean? I'll tell you something. Back in the day, people didn't live in detached family homes in, 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 in cookie cutter like suburbia, and they didn't live uh, in, in, in 77 story high condos uh, that were all separated by concrete, like built out of concrete, so you couldn't hear anything that was going upstairs on, upstairs or downstairs. Uh, when we go and serve in Africa or, or in, in sometimes in some of these places, we have a, a, the opportunity to see a little bit of how things might have been in rural Africa. That is, of course, metropolitan Africa is just as advanced as here. Um, you get to see a little bit uh, how maybe life was at the time. Now, suppose, okay, suppose, suppose we're visiting the, ar you know, the army of the king and they're on their way back from a battle. They're on their way back from a war. They just went to war with the enemy that was threatening the well-being of the empire, the well-being of the nation, and they were victorious, and they won, right? And they, they you know, pillaged the, the, uh, their enemy, and they're coming back with all of these spoils, all of these goods, right? And imagine, and they travel all day, and then they set up camp at night. Now imagine what the camp is like at night of this victorious army, right? And here I am, I'll tell you something, this is, this is how the story goes. Here I am sitting in my tent, right? And it's dark, and it's quiet, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I hear noise. So I look out the door of my tent, and I can see the tent next door, right the tent of the general right of the army you know i can see it's well lit on the inside and so if it's well lit on the inside and it's dark outside what can you see you can see the, like the silhouettes of the people inside and i can hear like music and dancing and drinking and like you know drinking in a good way you know celebrating right and i can hear all this celebration going on in the tent of the victorious general and I can see the silhouettes of the people in there and I can see their joy and I can see their happiness right and I know like I'm part of this victorious army right but most of us just stay put 
and we don't get up and we don't go and enjoy the celebration that's going on in there. The voice of exaltation and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. Who is the righteous? We are all made by, by the grace of, of God and by His work in us and His work in which we participate and so on. We are made righteous through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. But who is the righteous? Only one, only Jesus. So in this, the voice of exaltation, the voice of joy and celebration, and there's light there. There's light in this, in this tent, and it's shining out, is in the tent of the righteous one, the Lord Jesus Christ. And today, He is inviting you and He is to join Him in all of the good that is going, that is going on there. If we read a little further, um, if we read a little further uh, in, uh, in the gospel, we find that Jesus is saying, a little while longer the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. The resurrection is the light by which I can guide my life. And the resurrection is the joy and the exaltation by which I can guide my life. I want to be very honest with you. It's not like Jesus rose from the dead and so the rest of my life is rosy. I have my ups, I have my downs. I have my good days and I have my bad days and I'm sure you do too, right? But there's something, there's something really beautiful about the resurrection that it answers our ultimate dilemma. It answers the ultimate dilemma of death and when push comes to shove we can take things to their ultimate end you know so I'm having a bad day so the kids are grumpy and driving me crazy so this so that the day will come to an end tomorrow will be better etc right but the ultimate enemy which is death has been has been overcome and Jesus says, no one sees the Father at any time, but the only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, He has revealed Him. That's in John chapter 1 and in John chapter 12, which we read today, He says something very similar. He says, no one has seen the Father at any time, but I have declared Him to you, right? So why, when you can't see something, assuming that your eyes function properly, why can't you see? Well, because of darkness. So he says, I'm the light. I am the light who has come to reveal to you the Father. But he says this to his, his disciples and he says this to the multitudes. And a little bit later, not too much, like almost only, only a chapter later, one of the disciples, Philip, says to him, show us the Father and it is enough for us. So even his disciples had not realized that he had revealed to them the Father. So what is it that he, Jesus had revealed to them about the Father? He had revealed to them the mind of the Father. He had revealed to them the heart of the Father. He had revealed to them that the Father is not like anyone they've ever met before. Certainly not like our earthly fathers, as good or as poor as they may be, right? He's not like that. He revealed to them what we say in, in, the, in the litany of the gospel and what is, which is quoted from the book of Hebrews, that many prophets and righteous men desired to see this, but they couldn't see it. 
And many wise men of the old wished to hear this, but they couldn't hear it. What is it specifically that, that Jesus reveals to us of the Father? He reveals to us his character. He reveals to us, to make a long story short, his grace. The fact that he's not like anybody we've ever met in the world. Everything and everyone we've ever met will treat you as good as you treat them. He came to reveal to us that which was not revealed clearly in the Old Testament. There's evidences of the grace of God all throughout the Old Testament. I could find you over a hundred of them. How gracious God is because He is the same, He never changes. But it was not yet revealed. It was something which was there but was not shown yet. You know, everybody treats people based on how they're treated. In fact, that's kind of like it's a spin off the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you'd like them to do unto yourself, as they would like them to do to you, right? Jesus quoting the Old Testament when asked what are the, 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 the most important commandments is love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. From that we learn that if you don't love yourself, it sets the bar really low on how much you're going to love your neighbor. But Jesus, before going to the cross, he took it one step further. And he tells them, a new commandment I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. Jesus set a new standard. He set the bar. He changed the bar. The bar was love your neighbor as yourself. The next Sunday series is going to be, is called As, and it's going to be talking about standards. Where do we set the standard? And giving you the preview, okay? Uh, the inspiration of it was this commandment of Jesus. Every time Jesus says As, he's changing the standard. Imagine, imagine one day, okay, um, you go to the grocery store, you go to the corner store, you're getting on the subway, you're getting wherever you're going, and you pull out money from your pocket to do whatever you're doing. And all of a sudden, they tell, oh, no, sorry, we don't use Canadian uh, currency anymore. Uh, sorry, we stopped doing that uh, last week. We changed the standard. We changed the currency. We changed, you know, like when the clocks, when the clocks change. Before we all had like, you know, like connected devices, you know, I don't want to date myself here, but back in the day when I had an alarm clock, you know, the device that sat on your nightstand that was not connected to the universe, you had to change the time on the alarm clock before you went to bed. Otherwise, it would ring an hour early or an hour late. And when it would do that, you'd get so confused because all of a sudden the standard changed. The time changed. The standard, Jesus set the standard. Love one another as I have loved you. Where did he get that standard? He got it from the Father. Today he says, I'm not saying anything new. I'm only saying what the Father has said to me. And he says it twice. What the Father has told me and what the Father has said to me to speak. Says, use, trying to find different words to tell us. I'm not, in, I'm not inventing new ideas. I'm just telling you what the Father says so that you can know the Father and so that you can know that His desire, His heart 
for you is everlasting life. And that's, that's what Jesus reveals to us. That the heart of the Father is everlasting life. I commonly get asked questions that sound something along the lines of, or different variations on, why does God send people to hell? Or how does God send people to hell? The Orthodox Fathers speak very beautifully about that. That God doesn't send anybody to hell. God invites us all to live in loving, a loving relationship with Him. And in fact, He's so inescapable. He's so inescapable that those who wish to be in that relationship would find it as heaven. And those who have spent a life running away from God and slamming the door in His face will find it to be hell. But God is the same. He is the same to every single person. He doesn't change. He has an unlimited and infinite amount of love and grace for each person. He looks at every single person and says, you are good. There's nobody like him. There's nobody like him. And yet what he does makes sense, but it's not what the world does. It makes sense to treat others the way that you feel that you ought to treat them. Not based on what they do or what they deserve, but based on what you think you should do. Because but what we say and what we do, our actions and our words reflect us and reflect our character. So if somebody swears at me and I swear right back at him, and I say he swore at me first, nobody hears that he swore at me first. The walk, person walking by will look and say, man, that John guy is really rude. What people see, what people hear is, is what comes out of us. And Jesus says that to us. Again, revealing to us the heart of the Father. That a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil of treasure of his heart brings forth evil things. Forget about applying this to yourself. Apply it to God. He is good. So out of his goodness, he only brings forth good. And his good is inescapable. This is the light of Jesus that he reveals to us the Father. This is the light of revelation, of revealing to us what priests and prophets and kings of old wished to know. What is the character of this God? He's so merciful. He's so patient. He's so kind. And you find many, many, many references to that in the Old Testament. But it's only Jesus who came and declared to us, He just said it plainly to us, the character of the Father. Now, the trouble is this, is that it's so much like nothing we've ever experienced here on earth that it's hard for us to believe. It's literally out of this world. It is actually extraordinary. You could even say extraterrestrial. It's not like anything that we know. And so it's hard for us to believe. It's hard for us to believe that you can be bad to somebody time and time and time and time and time and time again and that they would only have good in store for you. It's hard for us to believe that. Because find me one person on earth who's like that. Only Jesus. 
And he reveals to us this character, this heart of the Father. And this is what we say when Jesus is saying, a little while the light is with you. Saying to his disciples, a little while longer, you're going to be interacting with me like this. Then what? Then what? Then what's going to happen after that? The light will leave the world? No. Then he says to his disciples many chapters earlier in the Gospel of Matthew, you are the light of the world. Now you who have received the grace of God, now you have received the goodness of God, now that you who have come to confession every single month for multiple years in a row, you do the math, how many that comes out to, and ask for forgiveness for the same things and being forgiven and received with grace and love and goodness every single time with an open embrace and no judgment. Now you go and do the same. Now you go and do the same. Now you go and draw deep out of the well of the goodness of God and dish it out to others and do the same. He is the light. His resurrection is our light, is our guiding light, is our joyful light that we can use to, for the Father to be revealed to us and for us to reveal the heart of God to others through words, yes, but mostly through our actions. God bless you and give you the courage and the strength to live this life of grace, of kindness, of love, of generosity, of, uh, of a, a devoted, deep conviction to refuse to pronounce judgment on anyone, but simply to treat everybody with the goodness of God that you yourself have received. Glory be to God forever and ever, man. I have sinned. Forgive me, my fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters. Please. Bear.